Welcome to the Homeschool Mom Podcast, where biblical truth informs our everyday lives as homeschool moms. I'm your host, Janelle Knutson, a Christian, a wife, and a homeschooling mom to seven children. You can find the show notes for each episode of the Homeschool Mom Podcast over at JanelleKnutson.com forward slash podcast. Hello, homeschool moms. In this episode, I'm going to share 10 practical tips for homeschooling big kids with little ones underfoot. Now, the tips that I'm going to share are just tools to help you accomplish the bigger picture of homeschooling, which is discipleship. If you haven't listened to episode number nine, where I shared some encouragement for homeschooling big kids with little ones underfoot, then make sure to go back and listen to that episode. In that episode, I talked about how God often uses the distractions and interruptions of our little ones as opportunities to disciple our children and point them to Christ. I know from experience that when I focus on implementing practical tips without remembering the bigger picture of homeschooling, that those practical tips can often cause frustration and discouragement. I get frustrated when the hours and hours I've spent implementing the practical tips are wasted. I get discouraged that all the practical tips aren't helping relieve the chaos. But when I focus on the bigger picture of discipleship, then those practical tips become tools that help me accomplish what God has planned for me and for my children on any given day. As I share these practical tips, think about what will work best for your family in the particular season that you are in. All of our families are different. We have unique gifts as parents and unique challenges. Our children, our families, and our situations are all different. What works for me right now might not work for you. You might listen to all these ideas and realize that none of them will work for your family, but maybe they will be a springboard to help you think of some other things that would suit your family better. You also need to remember that these practical tips may work on one day and be a total flop on another day. And you know what? I think God plans it that way because if I knew that there was one practical tip that was going to work for me every single day, then I'd start relying on that practical tip and I'd stop relying on the Lord. God wants us to rely on him for all our needs, including homeschooling our kids. So let's jump in and take a look at 10 practical tips for homeschooling big kids with little ones underfoot. The first tip is establish a rhythm to your homeschool day. Everyone does better when they know what to expect and what is expected of them. This is true of our older kids who are trying to homeschool as well as our younger kids. A daily rhythm provides your little ones with a sense of security and stability. If the house is chaotic and they don't know what's coming next, then they start acting out because they want your attention. But if the little ones can get familiar with the rhythm that you have established to your homeschool days, then they're going to know what is going to happen next. They know that you're going to help their brother with his schoolwork for a little bit. But right after that, you're going to sit down with them while they're eating snack and read a book to them. They know the rhythm to the homeschool days. And so it's going to make it a little bit easier for everyone. A daily rhythm can be a powerful asset to your homeschool day. It's going to help minimize the chaos, not eliminate it, but 
definitely help minimize it a little bit and keep things running when you have to step away and care for your little ones. And so it's not just beneficial for your little ones, but beneficial for your older kids as well, because they know what is expected of them and what they need to do next. So if you have to step away and love on your little ones for a little bit, they can continue on with the rhythm for your homeschool day. Well, what exactly is a daily rhythm? Well, it's really just a sequence of events that you follow on a regular basis. You don't have to put a time to it. And if we're honest, if we've got little ones, it's probably not best to put a time on it because little ones don't operate on a time schedule, right? Um, They have a schedule of their own. And so we need to be a little bit more flexible when we've got little ones underfoot. But a sequence of events that you try to follow on a regular basis is just going to help everyone know what they need to do and what's expected of them. So if you're like me, you might plan this wonderful rhythm for your homeschool day when the school year is starting. And on the first day, it doesn't go very well. You know what? Don't get discouraged. Make some changes, adjust some things, and try it out for another week. And then... Maybe you'll need to make some changes and adjust things again, but eventually you will find a rhythm that works fairly well for your family. And then eventually a new season might come and you might need to change it up again. But once everyone becomes familiar with the rhythm of the day, your homeschool will hopefully go a little bit smoother. The second tip is to get creative with when and where you homeschool. I think sometimes we just get into this mindset that we have to homeschool in the morning and we have to homeschool at a particular location in our house. Maybe you have a homeschool room or you have all your homeschool materials set up at the kitchen, around the kitchen table. And we get locked into this idea that we have to homeschool at a certain time and in a certain place. But when you've got little ones at home that you're trying to care for while also educating your big ones, you need to get creative with when and where you homeschool. So here's some ideas for you. Why don't you try to do difficult subjects that are a little bit harder for your older kids at nap time when the little ones are sleeping? Or perhaps you do them on Saturday mornings when dad is at home. I actually did this for a season where I was just struggling to teach my kids just spelling and phonics lessons. It was something that a few of my kids were struggling in and they really needed some quiet focused time, which we just weren't able to do when I had little ones because I had a toddler who took an afternoon nap and a newborn baby who took a morning and afternoon nap that was at a different time than the toddler's nap. And so I needed some quiet, focused time with a few of my kids. And so we just took a half day on Friday and and didn't do a full school day on Friday. And then on Saturday mornings, I just spend about 20 minutes to half an hour with a couple of my kids individually while my husband could watch the younger ones. This wasn't ideal for us and it wasn't something that I wanted to do for the long run, but it definitely worked in that season where I had a toddler and a new baby that were sleeping at different times and just didn't have that quiet focus time with a few of my kids. And so it worked really well for a season. 
What about science lessons? Maybe this is something that your husband or a grandparent enjoys doing with your kids. And so you do it on the weekend with them or maybe even in the evening when your husband's home. Get creative about when and where you do your literature lessons. Maybe you do read-alouds at nighttime when you're already reading books to your kids. Maybe you get audiobooks and you let your older kids listen to them when you're busy taking care of your younger ones. Or you listen to them in the car when you're running errands. Perhaps you need to get creative about where you do the math lesson. Sit down on the floor and let your little one play on the left side or right side of you, but somewhere around you. And while they're playing, maybe even with the math manipulatives, you can help instruct your older child. Maybe they bring a clipboard and sit on the floor next to you and you can help them work through their math lesson. The great thing about homeschooling is that you can teach your kids anywhere at any time. There's no set time and set place that we need to educate our kids. You don't have to have your kids sit at a desk. You don't have to do it in a particular room of your house. So get creative about when and where you homeschool and find something that works for you and your family while you're trying to educate those big kids and still love on your little ones. Tip number three is to put organizational systems into place. And I actually did a whole podcast episode on um, homeschool organization. It is episode number eight, and I will leave that in the show notes so you can go check out that episode. But the key here is that we want our older kids to be able to continue on in their schoolwork when we need to step away and care for and love on the little ones. And organizational systems are going to allow our kids to do that, to stay on task. They're going to let them know what they need to do, what's expected of them, and they're also going to be able to find the resources they need a lot easier if you have organizational systems in place and they know exactly where to go to find the glue stick or the markers or whatever else they might need for the assignment that they're working on. A lot of time can be wasted when kids don't know what they're supposed to do and they have to constantly come to you and ask what they're supposed to be doing next or when they can't find something that they need. And so again, time wasted saying, hey mom, where's my school book? Where's that pencil? Where's my piece of paper that I need? And so if you have everything organized so that you know where things are and your children know where things are, then it's going to make homeschooling those big kids with little ones underfoot a little bit easier. Now, some of us are more inclined to organizational skills than others. So you do what works best for you. For some of you, it really might be getting, um, you know, a couple big tubs and just designating one tub for books and one for paper paper and pencils and other homeschool resources. Some of you might um, have these lovely, beautiful, um, you know, Pinterest looking uh, bookshelves or baskets that are labeled nicely. It doesn't matter what it looks like. The important thing is, do your kids know what they need to do and where to find the resources that they need when they are attempting to do the particular lesson that they're on? Some organizational systems that you're going to want to think about would include, um, one, how are your kids going to know what assignment they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to do next? And so um, some things for this might be 
um, a checklist. We have used something called my student logbook, and I will link that in the show notes. Um, maybe something like a workbox system, um, something online like the Homeschool Hub is a great resource where they can just see exactly what they need to do, what assignment they need to do each and every day. So have some kind of system so your kids know what they need to do on any given day for each subject. You also want to have some systems in place for just storing all of the homeschool resources that you have, books, paper, crayons, all of those other supplies. And then it's also good to have some kind of organizational system for grading your children's work. Because if you're like it was for me anyways, when I was, you know, maybe nursing a baby and a kid would come and say, hey, I need this graded, I'd take it from them, I'd set it down wherever I was nursing the baby. And then a couple hours later, when it was time for me to get around to grading, I couldn't find that paper anymore. So just having some kind of system that you've set up so your kids know where to put the um, papers and assignments that they need graded in one place so that when it's time for you, when you have time to grade papers or look them over, everything's in one spot. So those are just some systems that maybe you want to think through and find something that's going to work for your family. Again, go back to the homeschool organization episode that I did for more tips and tricks and ideas for organizing your homeschool. Tip number four is to choose curriculum wisely. I know that there is a lot of wonderful homeschool curriculum out there, but if you can't implement the curriculum, then it's not going to work for you and your family. You might have a curriculum that you have absolutely loved doing with your older kids, and they have absolutely loved doing. But if you can't implement it with your little ones underfoot, then it's not going to do you or your big kids any good. It's either going to overwhelm you and frustrate you and discourage you because you can never find the time to get to it, or it's just going to sit on the shelf never getting used, which doesn't do your kids any good either. So we have to be realistic and think about how much time you have to invest in teaching your big kids on any given day, and then find curriculum that meets that time frame that you have for teaching your kids. You got to think about how much time do you have to prepare lessons. If you've got little ones, I'm going to guess that you're probably tired and you don't want to stay up really late at night doing lesson planning. So maybe you need to find curriculum that has most of that lesson planning already done for you. Maybe you need curriculum that requires very minimal instruction from you and that your older kids can do more independently. Just remember that when you're choosing curriculum, you have to be realistic. Think about what you can actually implement in your home on a day-to-day basis. All right, tip number five, stick to the basics and to the interests of your kids. Now, if your kids are in the elementary um, years, then I would just suggest sticking to reading, writing, and arithmetic. Just stick to the basics. You want them to be able to read well, to be able to spell and comprehend what they're reading. You want them to be able to write and communicate well, and you want them to have some basic math skills. But then you just add in additional subjects as your time and your energy and your sanity allows. Because really in the elementary years, besides those basics, 
it really, you really just want exposure. You want your kids to be exposed to history and science, but they're going to come back to science in junior high and high school. They're going to come back to history later on in junior high and high school as well. And so if they don't have those mastered and memorized and, you know, all of that, don't worry. Stick to the basics and just give some gentle exposure to some of the other subjects. Even our older kids don't need to master every single subject. Um, think about what your kids are going to need in their adult life and focus on that uh, primarily. It's okay if your junior high and high school kids have just a basic understanding of some subjects. I don't know about you, but I don't remember much of what I learned in junior high and high school, except for the things that interested me and the things that I knew I was going to use in my adult life. And many of um, the things that I know now as an adult are things that I realized as an adult I needed to learn. And so I put in the effort as an adult to learn those things. So even your older kids can just have a basic overview in these other subjects and the things that they're interested in. If our children know how to learn, then they can continue learning and they should hopefully continue learning throughout their adult life. So don't get overwhelmed that maybe you're not getting to some things with your junior high and high schooler because you've got these little ones underfoot. It's okay. Remember, go back to the purpose of homeschooling, which is discipleship. Make sure you go back and listen to that previous episode that I mentioned because our, our uh, mindset and our focus and our purpose for homeschooling is really going to affect our attitude when maybe some of these tips don't work or when things don't seem to be going well in our homeschool because we've got little ones underfoot. So make sure to go back and listen to that. Tip number six is to teach our older kids to be self-learners. And this is actually different than just having them do independent learning. Independent learning is giving our kids like a textbook or um, some kind of workbook that they can do on their own, but they still might have a lot of questions for us. They might say, mom, um, how much of this am I supposed to do? When do I have to do it by? What's today's date? Um, there, there's going to be additional questions that they ask. So having them um, work independently is different than teaching them to be self-learners. A self-learner knows where and how to find information for themselves. Now, this is going to take some time up front for us as moms to train them to do, to be self-learners, but it's going to pay off in the long run because we're not going to have to answer every single question they have anymore. Instead of answering every single question they have, we're going to help guide them to finding the answer for themselves. For example, I had a child who almost every day said, mom, what is today's date? Two hours later, on the very next subject, when they're writing the date on their paper, they said, mom, what was today's date again? And I got exhausted from answering that child's question, the same question constantly. They were doing independent work, but for some reason, they were not able to be a self-learner and figure out how to look on the calendar for the date. And so instead of answering that question for them and telling them what the date was over and over and over again, I started directing them to the calendar on the wall. I'd ask them questions like, where could you find the date? Now, I know if you have kids like me, the first answer is going to be, I don't know, mom. But you can ask a follow-up question. Say, well, let's think about it. 
where can you find the date? Uh, maybe finally they'll catch on that it's on the calendar. And you can remind them that that would be a good place to look each and every time they needed to write the date on their paper, they could go look on the calendar that they didn't need to ask you anymore. Maybe you have a child that finishes an assignment and then they wanna know what subject they should move on to. Instead of telling them, hey, move on to math, ask them some questions to help guide them to the answers themselves. Maybe you could ask them, could you tell me what other subjects you still have left? Now, which one of those can you do on your own while I'm changing the baby's diaper? Like I said, this takes time up front to teach our kids to be self-learners, but if we guide them and teach them how to learn for themselves and find the answers for themselves, then months down the road, it's gonna be a whole lot easier for us as moms because we're not gonna be constantly bombarded with questions by our older kids while we're trying to take care of our little ones. So again, teach your kids to be self-learners. This is going to benefit you in your homeschooling journey, not just when you have little ones, but through all the years of homeschooling. And it's going to be helpful for your kids to know how to find information on their own, even into their adult life, right? Because that's what we have to do as adults is learn how to find the information that we need to the questions that we have. Tip number seven is to spend time with the little ones first. And this is actually my number one tip for homeschooling big kids with little ones underfoot. It is so important, not just for homeschooling, but for our relationship with our little ones to make sure that we're spending time with them and we're investing in them. So just take 10, maybe 15 minutes to invest in your little ones before you start the school day. Let's just take a minute to put ourselves in our little one's shoes for just a minute. Think about getting up in the morning and being so excited to play with your big brother or sister or to play with your mom. And then you're told that you have to go play by yourself, that you're not to bother your sister or brother. You're not to bother your mom, that you need to go and play alone and to play quietly. Maybe you start to think then that your mother doesn't love you, that your brothers and sisters don't want you around. You wanna know why your mom doesn't wanna help you and why you have to be quiet. So it can be really helpful to just spend time with your little ones first. Just a few minutes goes a long way. My son, what he wanted to do was to have me just sit and watch him play for 10 to 15 minutes in the morning. He didn't want me to touch a single one of his cars. I could not make a suggestion on how to play cars. I just needed to sit there and watch him play cars. And if I happened to glance the other way, he'd look right at me and be like, mom, you're not watching me. But that's all he wanted. He just wanted my undivided attention for that small chunk of time first thing in the morning. He didn't really want me to play with them. He just wanted to know that I was there sitting by him and watching and enjoying being with him. And then he'd know that tomorrow I'd be doing the same thing again with him, that I would come and invest some time with him first thing in the morning before we started our homeschool day. Now, consistency is important here because... If they know that every single morning you're gonna spend 10 to 15 minutes with them, then they might be less likely to interrupt throughout the homeschool day. Now, is this always going to work? No, but 
the more important thing here to remember is that we're investing in our relationship with that young child. And so even if it fails to make your homeschool day go any smoother, you're investing in the relationship with your little one. And I think sometimes we so easily neglect this because we're so focused on our older kids and helping give them a good education that we neglect the younger ones. And we want to be investing in our relationship with our younger ones. That's going to pay off when we start homeschooling them. And it's certainly going to pay off in the high school years as well. Tip number eight is to set aside some school time toys. These are toys that only come out during school time so that during school time, your little ones get excited and they're like, yes, I can finally play with this toy right now. And they're probably not going to bother you because they know that this toy is only available during school time, that they only have a short amount of time to play with this toy. And so they're going to play with it Um and be excited about playing with it because they know it's going to be put away and they don't have another opportunity to play with that special toy. Now the challenge for us, or at least for me, is to say no when they want to play with that toy outside of school time. I know that, you know, when I was maybe cooking dinner and they're interrupting me, that it was really easy to just pull out that special toy when I'm making dinner too. But then the kids started to learn that if they threw a tantrum, if they interrupted things, that then they get to play with the special toy. So I had to be really good at making sure that I was consistent in um, the rules that this was just a special toy for school time and that it only came out at that time. All right, two more tips. Tip number nine is to have school supplies for your little ones. You know, it could just be a little special workbook or a coloring book. One of the things that I did was I took a three ring binder and I went on Pinterest and I just printed off a whole bunch of free printables. I put them into page protectors and then I put a little mesh um, like pencil bag in that binder with some dry erase markers and a little cloth. And so that was their little special workbook that they could color on and do things on. And then I could erase it every day and it was fresh for them to use the next day. And this really helps our kids feel like they can participate in the school day as well. They don't just have to go off and play toys. They don't have to go off and be quiet. They can sit at the table and participate with mom and their older brothers and sisters in the lessons as well. And so when you just have some special school supplies that are set aside for them to use, that gets them excited and they might just want to participate in homeschooling and your homeschool day um, right alongside their older brothers and sisters. Now this gets me to tip number 10, and this is probably the most important tip, and that is to pray for patience and compassion. Homeschooling our big kids with little ones underfoot calls for patience and compassion. I don't know about you, but it's not the first thing that wells up in me when my little ones are causing disruptions during the day. So I need to pray every day that I would have patience and compassion that only the Lord can supply. When each new struggle arises, remember that these are opportunities to demonstrate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we extend patience and compassion that only the Lord can give us. Now, I want to just remind us that all of these tips are just tools to help us accomplish the bigger task of discipleship. Homeschooling is so much more than getting the lessons done and keeping those little ones quiet. 
Homeschooling is discipleship. It's training the hearts and the minds of our children for the glory of the Lord. And so when we keep discipleship in the front of our minds, then those daily struggles that we have and that we face with little ones underfoot are going to be seen as opportunities to point our kids to Christ and to glorify God than to um, instead discourage us and make us frustrated. So pray and ask God to guide you in choosing which of these practical tips may help you in accomplishing this bigger task of educating your older kids at home while loving on your little ones all for the glory of God. I hope this podcast episode was a help to you as well as an encouragement to you. Make sure to go check out the show notes over at JanelleKnutson.com forward slash podcast. I'm going to put um, some additional tips that I didn't get to in this episode. I'm going to include some additional tips in the show notes as well as some links to other blog posts and YouTube videos that I've done on this topic of homeschooling big kids with little ones underfoot. As always, thank you so much for listening and please share it with friends and family and other homeschool moms.